It's the lowdown on Sports 1440, driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but the same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road, wolfgmcbuick.com. Joined now by Mark Gaughan from buffalonews.com. And I don't know who your headline writer is. Maybe it's you. But this, from the Buffalo News, Mark Gaughan, time for Bills to introduce Patriots to another circle of hell. That's a good one. I like that one. Powerful. Hello? Yeah, it was a good idea, but they didn't do it. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So, welcome to the show. Uh, I know you've written at length about the Buffalo Bills recently, and I don't know if disappointment is the right word, but they're four and three, could be three and four. Uh, what's what's the thought process there, and who is under the most pressure among Bills tonight? Well, uh, before I do that, I have two quick questions for you. Sure. Number one, yes or no, the Elks, is there any light at the end of the tunnel, yes or no? Yes, Trey Ford is going to lead them to a playoff next year. Number two, with name the North American city that has produced uh, 20% of the starting quarterbacks in the CFL. Oh, God. Uh, that seems like a very specific number. Twenty percent. That's nine. Well, that's I mean, it's two. A two out of nine. Whatever the math is. Well, it's got to be a trick question. If you it, think about it a second, it's the answer is obvious. It's Buffalo, New York. Well, I was I was going to say that, but it was too obvious. Yes. Okay. All right. So anyway, <laughs> we're kind of proud of that in Buffalo. Okay. So now we'll get back to uh, the topic at hand. Uh, yeah. Who's under pressure? Uh, really, Josh Allen is under pressure uh, for the following reason. Uh, They've lost two of the last three games to Jacksonville and New England. And the problem, well, one of the problems, both games, was they didn't handle the blitz at all, which is a head-scratcher because the first four games, Josh Allen was great against the blitz. Uh, Even in the loss to the Jets in the opener, he was 8 of 8 against the Blitz. He was 9 of 11. The second game, he was 6 of 6 for like 120 yards and a touchdown against Miami. All of a sudden, Jacksonville blitzes heavily. And a lot of times, it's it's like off the edge, on the quarterback. Josh not seeing it, not hitting hot receivers, not handling it. And then New England did it again, and the Bills handled it poorly. And now tonight they're placing, playing a Tampa team. Uh, Todd Bowles is the head coach, and he is one of the blitzingest coaches in the NFL. He basically loves to do the same thing the Bills saw against New England on Sunday, blitzes, especially off the edge, slot corner blitzes. And Josh, I don't can't quite understand how he could be so good against it the first month and then not be able to uh, adjust two of the last three games. But that's the something to watch for. The the Bills, uh, Bucks, uh, yeah, go ahead. The Bills are like they're they'll be they win their five. Like, the Minnesota Vikings had to win this week against the Forty ers and they did, and that sort of changes the scenario. They may not make the playoffs, but at least they're they can still talk about it. Uh, the the Bills are four and three, and and you know in a way they that's kind to them. But if they go to five and three, then I think that that people will go okay. Well, you know they're they're on their way now. They figured out something, but it it. it this was not supposed to be the way, and I wonder if if they finish like nine and eight, 
Um, is everybody safe? Well, uh, the head coach is safe and the general manager are safe. They've got long-term contract extensions and the Bills have won a lot of games. But at beyond, And the quarterback is safe. They're not doing anything. But beyond that, it would be a 9 and 8 where everything would be on the table, aside from the GM, the coach, the quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, I mean, they, they've got, because of their the, the AFC East is so tough, uh, the losses... You know, I mean, on there in in a vacuum, uh, uh, losing to uh, uh, Bill Belichick uh, isn't the worst thing in the world. In a vacuum, losing to Trevor Lawrence and a playoff team that made the playoffs isn't the worst thing. But combined, and given the competition in the AFC East and the AFC, the Bills have evaporated their margin for error. Well, so this is a must win. This is a must win. Um, tonight and it really doesn't tell us a whole lot more the bills have, are going to need to win you know they need to going to need to beat somebody good somewhere along the way down the stretch they're going to have to win either at Kansas City or at Cincinnati or at Philadelphia if they win one of those three then they're back like on track but this win is a must win and it doesn't really tell us anything I don't think it tells us much of anything unless they lose. Their their uh, point differential on the year is plus eighty, which leads the division. They're one point behind the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are, are, are you know, they fascinate me because their offense is so wicked. They've only lost a couple of games, but but I sometimes when you have a, a an offense like the Dolphins do, and, and clearly it's fantastic, but they've given up one hundred and eighty seven points. Is there something to be said? And I know the Bills' defense is hurting, but but that defense being key to the, winning the division. Yeah, uh, ye- I mean, yes. Uh, I think uh, as the season late in the season, you need the defense to be playing uh, better. Um, you can't just outscore people necessarily, or three game, three playoff games, you can't. Um, you can score them one or two, but not all three usually. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the Bills uh, probably, if they get healthier, uh, have a better defense than Miami. Uh, but that's down the road. Um, they need to the, – the offense needs to pick it up over the next month, I mean, period. They're supposed to be – uh, uh, an outstanding offense, and by the numbers, they they are a good. You know, they're ranked high, but they can't have these clunkers, and they can't afford a clunker on offense in the next month while the defense is uh, trying to get back to bet a little bit better health. How how much the, the Bills should win this game? But Baker Mayfield, if he plays, is going to be a, a factor for sure. How much attention and how much will they game plan for Mayfield? Well, the crazy thing about Mayfield is the last four years, he, the book on Mayfield, terrible pocket presence, easiest set quarterback to sack, turnover machine. Um, he was like 31st in the most sack, uh, given up the most sacks, or the most sackable quarterback. He's got the highest rate if you go to uh, pressures to sack percentage for the last four years of any quarterback. All of a sudden, this year, they're the number. He's the number two least sack quarterback in the league behind only Patrick Mahomes. Um, an amazing turnaround so far. So props to the Bucks coaches 
for uh, coming up with a scheme, you know, a lot of uh, play action bootlegs to minimize his weakness and credit to him for making one of his glaring weaknesses improving on it. Um, Their line is good, but it's not like they got a top eight offensive line. They've got an all superstar left tackle, but the middle of their line is iffy. Um, So, you know, great coaching job by the Bucs, who are kind of a team in transition a year after Brett Tom Brady, you know, and, uh, and Mayfield is playing way better than he has played. You know, kind of the, well, this is a side street. Maybe you don't want to go down, but it's just stunning. And this is like a galling to any Cleveland fan. Baker Mayfield is playing better than Deshaun <laughs> Watson. It's insane. And, he's, you know, he's playing for, you know, one uh, 50th of the cost. It's it's funny with, with quarterbacks, and we know this, you know, no matter, you know, we mentioned CFL earlier, but NFL for sure, that, that sometimes it's the, it's the offense they're in and the weapons that they have. And uh, you're right, though. I mean, the, the Mayfield, I remember the day he was drafted, and, and uh, it was a big deal, and it didn't work out there. And obviously, uh, Cleveland has spent a lot of money. The, the Bills fans, I know the team is saying the right things, what are the because I have lots of Bills fan friends and they are not happy and they're they're sort of they're not unglued but they're rolling their eyes and thinking nine and eight uh, is that the general uh, consensus of the fans that you talk to? Yeah, yes, I uh, in a word, yes. They're in they're in near panic mode, uh, near apoplectic. <laughs> you know, they're uh, <laughs> this team has been a Super Bowl contender for the last three years. They want a Super Bowl, and uh, you know, and and uh, they know, you know, that they've seen the team play great. I mean, uh, Miami scored seventy, and the next week the Bills whacked them forty-eight to twenty, and Miami was healthy. There was no, there's no like you know asterisk on that game, and so for them to look that good, and then <laughs> have these two. Um, Underperforming, underachieving games um, is uh, is yes is it has the fans in a uh, giant state of agitation. Margon, thank you so and much. It's like Edmonton, you know, it's the Bills, Oilers. It's a one. It's a two sport. You know, <laughs> two team town in Buffalo. But I mean, you know, the Bills are. Are uh, an obsession. Yeah, I, just like the owners for sure. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Okay, great. Uh, Thanks. All right, Mark gone from the Buffalo News. I still say, I mean, he he's right. They didn't do it, but you can go a long way and not find a headline as good as "Time for Bills to Introduce Patriots to Another Circle of Hell." Didn't happen, but that's a great headline. It was Rick Tabaracci in net for the, the Flames. Well, I, I, I'm telling you right now, I don't remember who it was. We've had Trevor Kidd. We've had Tabaracci, and we had, I think, Rolison. I'm not looking it up. I'm on the air. I'm busy. You can you have time at your desk. You can do it. Declan doesn't know what year this would have happened. Not a clue. So clue. we're going to rely on our listeners. Heads in the clouds. You know, I got stuff to do. I got to drink my coffee. I might have to go to the bathroom at one point. I'm old. I got stuff to do, man. I learned two new words today, blitziest and sackable. 
I'm I'm people are jumping on me about the Eagles. I haven't mentioned the Eagles today. I love the Eagles. The Eagles are the team I, I spent years. The Oilers won in '90, and uh, you know, obviously Eskimo, then Elks fan. Um, but most of the teams that I love, like the Expos, were going to win in '94, and then they ended the year because George Steinbrenner had a hissy fit, big baby, and. So I didn't get to watch that. And then mostly my teams have been poor since then. So when the Eagles won in whatever year it was, 17 or 18, I, I was I was flabbergasted. I actually, I watched the game and I was like, that fourth down play, I'll never forget. As long as I live, I'm like, well, here it is. Here it is. I recognized it. Failure here. And that's the end of it. And the the other thing I'll remember about that game is even on the final play of the game, on the final play of the game, New England could have won that. And Brady's version of the 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 Philly special was not good. He didn't catch the ball. Silly man. That's the name of the game, you know, Declan. You catch the ball. Maybe if he tried a little harder, it would have happened. All right. Molly Walker is on the way. The New York Post. She sent out a photograph of... Edmonton and the arena, the gorgeous Rogers uh, arena. And I'm going to ask her about it. I'm going to ask what she thinks of it because, you know, Madison Square Garden, pretty famous. What does she think of the Edmonton arena? We'll talk to her next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Hanging around until 2 o'clock today. Molly Walker joining us now from the New York Post to talk a little bit about the Rangers. Uh, I want to start with this. You sent out a photograph earlier today, and it's of uh, Rogers, the arena, looking very nice. And you, of course, uh, spend time at Madison Square Garden, which is probably the most famous famous arena uh, in the National Hockey League. What are your thoughts on the Edmonton building? <laughs> I I like to think that every single building has their own sort of charm to it. And, and when I think about some of the places that I travel to, Edmonton is just not a place that I probably would have gone to if not for this job. So I think that it has its own charm to it as well. I think it's a big arena. Um, it, it looks pretty nice. I, I don't have any complaints. <laughs> okay. And have you, have you tried the unusual food or is that uh, something you haven't gotten into yet? I will say that we went to a Czech place, uh, Bistro, Bistro uh, Praha. You bet. Um, yep. And we actually, yeah, we went there uh, last year and we actually ran into a few Rangers. Uh, Yaro Halak was there and Artemi Panarin, Vitaly Kravtsov and Igor Shosturkin were all there. So that kind of indicated to us that it was going to be a good place. And uh, we went back last night and I love it. It feels like you're eating in uh, somebody's living room, which yeah. I think is very endearing and well, fitting for the comfort food. Well, <laughs> and it's been there forever and it's always been very good. Uh, you wrote a really? piece. Yeah. You, you've wrote a piece on Alexis Lafreniere and he's a guy who uh, I, I think people are waiting on. And sometimes this happens with high picks where they, they take a little longer and there's a restlessness about him, but he's got three goals, and he does look like a guy who's ready to take that next step. When you were looking at him in your article for the New York Post, what, what stood out to you and what, what things were, what roles maybe is he playing, wasn't maybe playing a year ago? Look, I think that I think that he's had a, a different sort of path um, to these opportunities than a lot of first overall picks. Just just when you 
evaluate who the Rangers already have and have had in front of him for all these years in terms of power play time and top six ice time as well. Um, so there are obviously arguments to be made on both sides, but for the last couple of years, you're right. This, you know, it's it's been a lot of restlessness and a lot of waiting for for some of these kids to break out, and and he's at the top of the list. But I think that you know the fact that Laviolette came in slotted him on the on the right side of the second line immediately on a line with Artemi Panarin and Filipito, which is a combination, by the way, that the Rangers have not unveiled in the last couple of seasons, which is crazy because of how many different combinations we have seen from from this lineup. Um, it's, it's pretty pretty amazing, um, the fact that they haven't had so much time together. And I, I called them a revelation. I, I think that it, it could be a really, really great line for for the Rangers, and I also think that in terms of his confidence playing alongside Philip uh, Hedl, who he has spent a lot of time next to, there's a bit of familiarity there, but then to be on the opposite wing of, of a player like Artemi Panarin, I mean, we all know that he can you know help anybody rack up a ton of points when skating alongside him. So I think he sees it as an opportunity, and he's also on the second power play, and uh, you know the last couple of seasons it's been a very uh, front-heavy power play for the Rangers, not a lot of time for the second unit, but it doesn't seem like that will be the case under Peter Laviolette. Um, and he scored his fourth power play goal of his career the other night. So I think that he's more primed for uh, beneficial opportunities um, to give him a chance to break out. He's playing with players who, who can make him better and, and who can uh, you know, give him some, some extra uh, space on the ice. So I think it, I think it could, could be a, a good season for Alexi Lafreniere if he keeps going at the rate that he is. He, he looks a lot more confident than he has in years past. And there's two young players on that line, and that allows you know Kreider and Zibanejad to be you know elsewhere and and kind of gives the team some some real oomph. More than one line, they obviously are are able to uh, threaten uh, anytime any of the lines is on the ice. Mm-hmm, definitely, it definitely spreads out um, the talent uh, amongst the lineup a bit. Um, which we all know Peter Laviolette, if he, if he can, he, he likes to, to roll for, or for all four lines, um, but he's also going to ride the hot hand. We've seen him do that with uh, Artemi Panarin lately, who is just off to another incredibly fast start, and he just looks like he's operating at a different level right now. So he's been double-shifting Artemi Panarin and, and giving someone like Blake Wheeler um, a bit more time on the bench. But, you know, I think that's just you know, that's just Laviolette riding the hot hand, which is just, you know, a coach managing a game. Molly Walker from New York Post joining us right now. I wanted to ask you about uh, the goaltending situation. Somebody texted in yesterday and said, Jonathan Quick's my favorite player. Uh, is he going to play here? And I was like, okay, well, it's just, just Durkin's going to be the guy. But Quick's only played a couple of games, but he's looked very good for the Rangers. Yeah, you know, it's definitely encouraging because in the preseason it didn't look as look as such. Um, but I I talked to him myself about the preseason in general, and and you know he talked about how when he when he is playing behind a new team for the first time and you know in preseason he wants to get to get his reads down and, and get down where all of the players in front of him are usually going to be on the ice and that takes a second for a goalie so it took a few games for him to get familiar with the players in front of him and you know he comes in in relief 
in the Nashville game, which was just a dud for the Rangers in general. But I, I think about, you know, as a former athlete coming off the bench in, in any sort of situation and how difficult that is. But he came in and he was rock solid. So I think that was an early indication that, you know, things could be changing for him a little bit. And then he, he was really good in Seattle as well. There wasn't a whole lot of work in front of him, but he made some really key saves and Shesterkin-like saves, those acrobatic, you know, sorts of uh, stops. So it definitely is an encouraging early sample size uh, for Jonathan Quick. Whenever I look at the uh, the defense of the Rangers, I just I'm I'm always especially at the top end, you know, Fox and Truba, uh, and and they always seem to have a couple of guys coming up. Lindgren obviously and Miller are are quality as well. I didn't know where Eric Gustafson would fit. I didn't know how much he'd played. Uh, he's got four points in six games and is plus five. Obviously, it's working pretty well for Gustafson. Yeah, I actually talked to him this morning just about uh, settling in and, and the transition. You know, there's been a few teams for him in the last five seasons here, and I asked if, you know, if it ever get it gets easier. Um, but I think the fact that he played under Laviolette and his system in Washington um, really helped the transition to the ice in particular. Um, he was familiar, and he was actually a guy that the other defensemen um, on the Rangers were able to come to and, and pick his brain about how Laviolette wants wants his defensemen to play and how he wants them to play in the system as well. So I think that confidence-wise and just overall settling in, the, his familiarity with Laviolette was absolutely invaluable. And he's he's a, <laughs> the Rangers haven't haven't had they've had a lot of different defenseman in that left spot uh, next to Braden Schneider and Gustafson is far far and away the most NHL caliber guy that they've had there in recent years so I think that it just makes it, it completes the the Rangers back end a little bit there's been a lot of continuity with Lindgren and, and Fox and and Truba and Miller they've been playing together for years now so um, I he Laviolette did come in and say that he was inclined to maybe switch things up but you know, he ends up right back where uh, every other Rangers coach has, has been in the past. So I think that it's also the fact that Gustafson was able to slide in pretty seamlessly next to Schneider also really helped. Molly Walker, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. There's Molly Walker from the New York Post. Bistro Praha. Very good place. Have you been? I haven't, but I'll have to check it out. You guys uh, both gave glowing reviews. Oh, well, it's, you know, it, it's, um, sometimes it's, you know, you forget about places, right? You live in the city for a long time and you go, oh, yeah, I've been there, but I, I don't know how long they've been there. I might check that out and come back with it because me looking on the internet is, I, I'm going to go ahead and say is not the most exciting thing in the world. This is where you go, oh, contraire. You want me to play contrarian a little bit? Well, you know, it is pretty boring. If the shoe fits. Gold Dust Woman, I forgot about that. LT, what did you think of the Raptors last night? Well, they give, you know, when I was watching the, the, the game, uh, the the it was like Toronto would get out to a big lead and then the the Timberwolves would kind of pull them back a little bit and they they won by three and but there were times when I was watching where they didn't look close at all so I think the Raps I'm not going to say they were in control of the game because I think if you win by three you you weren't but it's a fun team did you watch any of the game 
I didn't. I uh, I was I had a men's league soccer game last night. Not a big deal. So I did, I missed the game. I did see the results, of course. I saw Dennis Schroeder was the first uh, Raptors no. player to have twenty points in his debut since Kawhi Leonard. So pretty impressive stuff. He's a nice little point guard. Yeah. But, How did uh, the uh, soccer go? Uh, we lost two nothing, and I was dash one. But uh, we were on our third string goalie. Were you lo- lollygagging? What were you doing? No, I was. Listen, my defensive assignments were in check. It wasn't. It was. A, listen, it was an unlucky bounce on that first goal, the one I was out there for. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's our third string goalie. So if we had the manager here, what would he say? He listen. He knew we were we were undermanned. We were missing some guys. Well, you know, you're throwing the third goalie. What if the third goalie is our best listener? Uh, Third yeah. goalie, number one listener. Shout out Zach if you're listening. Um, you just throw him under the bus. No, I said, listen, he played well, man. I mean, two goals as a third string goalie is you know oh nothing to be nothing to you, you know. Bringing six up the third string thing here, God, the poor guy. He's probably at work right now, being a third string, whatever he is, and you're making him feel bad. No, I think he's an engineer, so I think he's oh, doing okay. Uh, what are we talking about? I think he's doing okay. Obviously, yeah. he's a third string goalie. That's what I'm saying. He's got other stuff on his mind. You know, if you're an engineer and you can't talk your way into you know, have you ever have you ever argued with an engineer? Oh, all my like all my friends are engineers because they they just they're like a dog with a bone. Oh, it's ridiculous. You, you know, it's no, you can't even. Try I would them. like to know the divorce rate for male engineers. Oh, I'm sure it's high, and they all wear their pinky rings too. Ninety-seven so percent, so and especially the U of A guys. Oh, buddy, just they argue over nothing. You know, you're preaching to the choir. Honest to God, it's just it's just endless. They won't give up on this stuff. And and even when they're wrong, it's like when they're wrong, they're they. That's when they enjoy arguing the most. It's like okay, I know I'm wrong, but I can beat this guy. Everything's like that. It's like the human arm wrestle for everything. Boy, bistro paha get a lot of good publicity. Holy mackerel! This is like insanity. How much good vibes are on. There, there was a New York Times article, Best Restaurants in Edmonton. And they're right there, smack dab in the middle of it. Giddy up. We got to go. We got to do the show from there. Now, well, you do the show from there. I would have to stay back here and run things, but... Uh... How is it the third string goalies at fault when you scored zero goals? It's no, listen, it's true. Jackass. We, it's they're right. We did not score. They're, we we had more shots on target. Their goalie stood on their head. Stood on his head. Like he was a he was a really good goalie. I give him credit. But listen, it's true. I'm not trying to throw the third string goalie under the bus. I'm saying he played well, man. To let in two goals as a third string goalie and one was a pretty unlucky bounce. Like he played really well. We didn't score. It's true. But I mean, if you were there, if you'd watched the game, you was you would have seen we were getting offensive zone chances. Their goalie played well, man. He was big he covered the net well he had a real good iq for the uh for the crease like he, he played good i give him credit so this should be this should be like a weekly thursday segment i recap my wednesday night soccer games so much backtracking in there so much i disagree with you about the engineering thing lt john gooley who says he's a u of a 90 john's the one who drives combines to the tim horton drive-thru so yeah if your beer league team is only allowing two goals you're doing really well it's not really a beer league team. Like, it's not like a, we don't oh, go. So now you're finely tuned athletes. You just threw the third string goalie under the bus. Oh, uh, we're definitely not finely tuned athletes, but it's, you know, like we're not like, you know, people take it serious. I don't know. <laughs> you don't think beer league is taken seriously? The, no, I the, think it is. Here's but, what happens. Yeah. Here's what I've talked to referees. This is what happens in beer league games. There's a surgeon in the corner yes. with the puck and some 
takes his hands off. Exactly. Yeah. Slide. The, so now like, he's bleeding and he's got to, you know, do open heart surgery in an hour. You know? Yeah, it's true. Oh, it's my true. God. It's like, come on yeah, now. Like, we got more than a couple engineers on that team. And I'm like, man, you guys got to like, you guys got to get They're just go build some bridges you, in the morning. They are just absolutely obsessed with winning everything. And it's like, you know. Could you just could you just let a little bit a little bit of doubt into your heart? It'll make you a better human being. Not everything is certain like that. LT, do you know who's in that for the Rangers? It's uh, Shosturkin. Um, I'm pretty sure. I didn't ask her that because that's the reporting. So I don't think it's a story. Declan, why do the pinky rings tick you off? Uh, because I don't have one. Aha, yep. honest man. Okay, we, we should take a break. There's an interesting one from Andrew about new systems. We will talk about that next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Oh, I love that song. There's nothing like great pop music. And the Go-Go's and Belinda Carlisle are great pop music. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. So hello to Mary and to Doug today. Lots of text coming in. Pass along a couple here. New systems take time, and it's an adapt-or-die league. We lost to Vegas because they had a better defensive system, and we need to replicate it or lose to Vegas again. I'd rather lose a few games now until we figure out rather than losing in spring because we never changed our strategy to match Vegas. At least that's my thought. And that's from Andrew Kipling. Kipling is a, a pretty cool name in this part of the world. You know about you know about Rudyard Rudyard uh, Kipling, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to disagree with Mr. Kipling because the owners could, could perfect this new zone system, and it's still going to come down to execution. It's always about execution. It drives me mad. When people talk about the play where White Cloud scored, they're mad at Nurse for that. Twice during the playoffs, Nurse had his man turned the wrong way coming out of the corner. His man beat him to the net and scored, or the goal was scored. Why are you mad about that? Like, when 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 you do these things and you you put them forth as a theory. And you, okay, this is the plan, and it is, there's nothing, all we have to do is this. You're, you're making, you're oversimplifying. And a lot of math people do this, and they're really smart. But, but the, the oversimplification of sports overlooks luck and overlooks execution. And that's my point here. You, you, there's no magic pill. Do the job. That's it. And no system is going to save you, just so you know. I'm telling you your life here. Sounds like the others blame the goalie. Of course the engineers disagreed, proving your point. See, that's like after, after 11 to 400 years of arguing with engineers, I just gave up because it's not worth it. And not only argue with engineers, but not even very creative arguments. Just slam, 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 slam. It's like Bam Bam became an engineer. Yeah, you just can't win. 
ponderous. And they always hit you with the like, ponderous. I'm an engineer. And you're like, well. Well, and because that's, about, you know, so what? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. Just because you're stubborn and a bully doesn't mean you're right. I love all my Eng friends, but but they are they are stubborn it, and they do uh, like to argue. I, whenever I get a chance to go after the U of A engineering department, I do. Because they're all over Hell's Half Acre making arguments that, that there's no ability for most of the U of A engineering department that I've ever talked to to allow for error or luck. It's all, I'm right, you're wrong. And you go through life like that. You know, it's just a, a, a losing hand you're playing. You're just going to alienate everybody. Talk to a priest. They'll help you. Okay, who have I not offended today? Who can I get after? You want to go after nurses while you got some time? No, I love okay. nurses. Nurses are, when my two children were born. <laughs> what about teachers? Well, you're the man with the teachers. I can't keep up with you. The teachers that my children had, I love them. I absolutely love them. We bought them chocolates every year at the end of the year. And, and I used to tease them because they used to go on these um, excursions in the middle of the year. Okay, it's a teacher's convention tomorrow, and they're going to Calgary. And I would always tease them. And I always, because I'd be picking up one child or another, and I'd say, now, does the party start tonight or is it tomorrow? <laughs> because you can't tell me that that you go to a teacher's convention. And I love teachers. I'm not being, uh, like, I'm not trying to to uh, expose anything here. I'm just saying they're, they're a fun-loving bunch. They just are. They're hilarious. They have a lot of stress and pressure. And when they let loose, I can only imagine what in God's earth is happening. Never did get invited to any of them, but I would have gone had I been invited. Did the Bills miscalculate the new circle of hell and it ended up affecting the owner's defensive scheme from Coach Mike? Belinda Carlisle didn't have many singer crushes in my teens. She was definitely number one on my list. Did you have any LT? My first real crush of any celebrity was a, a girl named Susan Day, and she was uh, part of the Partridge family, and then she was on L.A. Law. And I still, to this day, every once in a while, I'll Google Susan Day and just stare at that girl because she's so beautiful. Um, then it was um, Debbie Harry of Blondie, who was spectacular. Spe that was when I was in whatever year it was, 16, 17, 18. Um, and then... I really, really, I still like, but not just as a crush, but I just think he, she's a fantastic writer and performer, Chrissy Hind of The Pretenders. Um, and then after that, I think I didn't have any, anyway. By that time, I would have actually, you know, been dating and meeting people. So kind of went away from that. But, um, I will say Natalie Wood and those tremendous eyes of hers, just, you know, before my time, but I don't care. That's a spectacular human being. What about you? Anybody that, Comes to mind. Yeah, I think one of one of my first ones was Elizabeth Shue, when I saw her in Adventures in Babysitting. Right. Um, and when she was dancing in the opening scene while the uh, the crystals, then he kissed me was playing in the background. I was like, my goodness. Then Monica Kina. I don't know if many people know about her. She played Laurie in Freddy vs. Jason. I do not know the <laughs> yeah, name. Yeah, I, I would imagine. And you know what? It's good that I don't know the name. But yeah, she was beautiful. She was beautiful. And she was one of my big, like, big time first celebrity crushes. The, I mean, the, all men everywhere should listen to this. When you're my age, you should not be watching the shows that you're watching. Yeah. No, there's definitely yeah. there's definitely a generation gap and yeah. probably an interest gap as well. But. Jennifer Aniston up. I'm okay. With mm. that's it, 
I always thought Jennifer Aniston looked like my mom, so I never. Like, Your mom looks like Jennifer. I always thought so, so I I couldn't like I there was uh, yeah I'm not even gonna keep talking, but wow. <laughs> I shouldn't have even gone down this road at all. I should have just I should have well, just dragged it back to Evan. But Bouchard. no, she's happy and all life is good. But you know. Okay. Uh, low tide, the way you went after the engineers, that's exactly how I felt about Tyler Dello. Such a smug analytics know-it-all. Always seemed offended when Stoffer challenged him analysis on the old station. I, all I can say about Tyler Dello is that, that, uh, he was always very kind to me and I would ask him questions and he'd answer them and then I'd ask them another way the same question, uh, and then I would get mad at him, and he was very patient with me. I don't know what he did with anybody else in the world. I know that everybody got mad at him, uh, and I I suspect he may have run out of patience with people because of me, but I can only tell you my own experience. Tallardello was, was a, an absolute gentleman to me all down the line, and that's the truth. Rumors of Shirelli as the GM replacement in Ottawa sense just can't help themselves. Shirelli could be the single reason McDavid doesn't win a cup here with his trades and pull your RV pick. The, the, the pick for Griffin Reinhardt and the trade of, of Taylor Hall were, were a general manager who wanted to make the team in his own image instead of just let it, let it grow and let it flow and let it rain. I believe that. When you're the smartest guy in every room, it's got to get annoying. I forgive Dello. Well, yeah, very big brain. I remember one time I was talking to him, uh, DMing him back and forth, and he was teaching himself code one night. <laughs> I don't know how long it takes people, normal human beings, to do it, but I don't think it's one night. If let me ask you a hypothetical question: If for some unknown reason Woodcroft and Cassidy switch places, would this team have a better chance of winning the cup? Have a good one, guys, from Eric. That's a good question. I think I think the answer is yes, but I think that you have invested your time in Woodcroft. The Oilers are extremely likely to hire somebody Paul Coffey knows uh, because the, the the Oilers keep doing the same things over and over again. I think you stay the course with Jay Woodcroft. I'm just not convinced the orders. I, I think, I think that, that, uh, Daryl Cates is, is really learning a lot about the hockey business. And I think he's a smart man, but I still think they're not there yet. That's my opinion. Gentlemen, is it time for the orders to get a win tonight? Is it time? Is it? Well, it's been time for some, some while, but now it's really time. Yeah. Uh, Susan Day, I agree. Low Tide, one of my first TV crushes, loved her. LOL. Yeah? It's from Brian S. She just, you know, she was just beautiful, you know, and that's why she was on the TV. She was talented. I watched her on L.A. Law, enjoyed her there. L.A. Law is a great, great, great uh, television series. I'm rewatching. People are going to mock this. I don't care. I don't know if I should. You got about four minutes. Make up your mind. Oh, that's a no. I can tell by the contemplation. I've been rewatching the Gilmore Girls. I'm almost done. It is such a good show. Hammer away. Go ahead. No, no. Do your thing. Do your thing. No, I just. I oh, really that's love it. it. Oh yeah. I mean, oh wow. Uh, have you seen the Gilmore Girls? Uh, no. No. Okay. I, I haven't. All right. Well, it's not. Ex- it's not. It's not uh, Friday Night Lights. Okay. But but um, 
I mean, any scene that Lorelai Gilmore's in, that's I'm I'm good to go. Fantastic. Hmm. I can't read that back. It's a Stoffer Dello conversation going on here. I couldn't. Dello, Dello's a lawyer. That's bad. Hupka's an engineer. That's worse. Well, I, Hupka, I get along with fine. Hupka's good. Hupka has real passion and Hupka will push you on things, but Hupka is not an ass. He'll, he'll push you, but he's not like Darcy McLeod will push you, push you, push you, and he'll disagree with you. And he, he is an engineer, I believe, but he also says, I was wrong. He'll say, Oh, I was wrong about this. And here's why he'll show his work. That's all I ask. But if you're an engineer and you're online and you're just hammering people and you were wrong two years ago and you never admitted, I have no time for you. Be like Darcy McLeod and Tyler Hupka and Tyler Dello. <laughs> I can't read that about Declan's mom, but it is funny. Yeah, like I'm looking for the delete button here. There are a few too many coming in. I'm just trying to get these uh, these taken out behind the bar. I, I promise you, I promise you, if your mom ever hears of this through your sister or whatever, I did not want it to go down this road. I'm sure she's a very nice lady. And the only reason we were talking about her is because you, sir, just couldn't resist talking about her and her yelliness. Yeah, I bit myself in the foot today when it Did came Did you ever to say to her when you're That's kidding. not a phrase also, by the way, bit myself in the foot. <laughs> I would say shot myself <laughs> in the foot. Uh, sorry, my mind's a little muddled here. Um, I'm, I'm did you ever, did you ever say, Mom, don't be so yell, or did you just, you know, sit there? Uh, I usually just sat there. And then when I did finally push back, it just got worse because it was just, there was no reasoning. My My wife and my son are very similar personalities, and they would have... You know, I would just go, should I say anything? Should I step in? But they never, they, but they had a, they, they had a, a their own language that only dogs and, and, and those two could understand. Yeah. yeah. Saints could hear. <laughs> it's like a high pitched bark. Yeah. All right. Do you do predictions for tonight? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I think they're going to lose tonight. Five, two. Yeah, I just I, I I feel like they may rally around induction night. I, I I'm gonna say four two victory. Okay. And Stu stands on his head a little bit, makes some good saves. Ignoring the career points, who do you think is the better overall player, McDavid or Dratty? Who's Dratty? Well, I would have to imagine that's Drysidel. Oh, um, McDavid, but I think it's they're both brilliant, and I don't think you, you know, I I mean it's. It's just stupid to even say which is better because they're both on the same team and Oilers fans are so lucky they're spoiled. Spoil us with a Stanley. Do you know why engineers are buried at nine feet instead of six? Because deep down they're good people. So bad. You ever want to hear good lawyer jokes? Ask a lawyer. What do you call 10,000 lawyers chained to the bottom of the sea? Like a, a good thing or so. I've heard the joke. It's a good like, start. Yeah, good. Yeah. There it is. Um, LT, Megan Follows was my childhood crush. She was in an ADCB show as a female goalie on a hockey team. Athletic and gorgeous. Um, better goalie equipment didn't... Well, I'm not going to read that. Um, I had a crush on a, a woman named Trudy Young who was on CBC. Oh, what was the name of that show? Ah... 
I don't remember the name of the show, but she was on. She was so beautiful, and she was she was really really beautiful. And she was on um, a special with um, Kermit the Frog one time, and she told him to shut up. And then it, it, Kermit got mad at her, and he said, um, "She said I was just giving you a hint." And he said, "You call shut up frog a hint," which I laughed at. But Trudy Young was was. Probably even earlier than Susan Day. I don't know why I'm going down this road. Why do you make me do these things? I, I'm trying to get us. I'm trying to get Oilers predictions over here. What I'm if I'm to- never wrong, Al Raider Jesse? Yeah. Well, I think the Oilers are going to lose tonight, and you think they're going to win. Yes. And tomorrow, Steve Lansky is going to have a lot of material anyway. So it's all good. So are we done? Did we finish up? Yeah, we can probably wrap it up just about Okay. Now. Well, I want to just thank everybody for tuning in. This is not your ordinary sports show, but we have lots of people tuning in, and we appreciate you. And uh, tomorrow, Declan will tell us about another relative that, uh, that yelled. Uh, coming up, we've got the Jason Greger Show. It's time now for a sports update.